Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls. Okay, so Keith is actually in the room with us. Yay! Yay! It feels really strange. <laughs> Would you like me to go in the other room? I can like zoom in you from zoom the in computer. From- from the living room. <laughs> Keith, live from the living room. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Thanks. Thanks so for you letting went down, me be here. You went down to the Texas Book Fair? Is that what you're in town for? I went to something called Book Bonanza. It's Colleen Hoover's book festival kind of thing. Oh, like, okay. And we raised cool. $250,000 for charity at it. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Nice. Wow. I didn't even realize that there was a charity component to that. Yep. They write, uh, I don't remember what the one foundation was called, but it basically raised money to buy books for kids in like uh, elementary schools that don't otherwise have, you know, access to books. Hmm. And then also the Michael J. Fox Foundation for um, research into Parkinson's disease. Wow. That's cool. Nice. I always find it interesting how people choose that stuff. Like, how do you pick what charity you want to do? Well, Colleen Hoover's sister <gasps> was just diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's. So oh. that's one of the reasons they chose that. And then the book banning has become so prolific this year. They wanted to do something where they got books into the hands of kids. That Both makes great ideas. Yeah, that makes right. perfect sense. I was just curious. How long, yeah. is, how long has Colleen Hoover been writing? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't been insanely say, long, it, but it's it been like, like probably... It seems like recently that she became a phenomenon. And then, like has been happening in the book industry a lot lately, is that a big publishing house, Atria Books, purchased the rights to the books that she self-published when oh. she first got started. And now they're all coming out with like new covers. So I, I I was just reading she has 11 books on the New York Times bestseller list right now, which is crazy. Wow. She's very angsty and and makes you want to rip out your heart. So, you know, those are popular right now. The books that make you want to cry. The books that make you want to rip your heart out. Mm-hmm. I'm as sad as the ones I read. <laughs> Um, pretty close. Was there any, you know, yeeting of the babies into the river? No, there there isn't a lot of like, yeah, baby yeeting. But I just reread that book, by the way. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Trying to. Dear um, God, that stupid baby in the river. Oh, I'm gearing up for when the the next one comes out because it's coming out. What? Wait, like, there's September? another one. Yeah, there's a yeah. new one coming out. Like a prequel too, or? I don't think it's a prequel. I think it's a sequel from the last one in the series. Okay, we're talking about Ken Follett, by the way, who's yeah. a god among men in literature, but he also throws babies in rivers, and that makes you cry while you're reading his books. That's why historical fiction doesn't do it for me all the time, 
because I think to myself, this actually happened. I mean, when you read like a romance, especially one that has werewolves or vampires or something in it, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that guy can die. Happen. That's fine. <laughs> See, yeah, that's, that's not going to That's a happen. team I'm on, too. I'm like, oh, the weirder, the better. And that way I don't have to lose yeah. any sleep at night <laughs> thinking about my ancestors and how badly <laughs> Well, the treated. only way not to repeat history is to know it. That's oh, very true. I know it. So I know it. I'm just doing us all a favor by educating us about how horrible it was way back then so we don't repeat it. That's true. I'm glad somebody's taken it for the team. I'm actually taking a little of that weight this episode. I've got a World War II historical fiction. What? <laughs> well, that's good because I actually don't have a historical fiction this What's week. What's happening? I know. It's, it's crazy. Friday and Bonnie and I have switched bodies. I'm we scared, have. Mommy. We have. <laughs> well, I don't have one, so. So not to change the subject completely, but you want to hear something really funny that happened to me today? Yes, yes please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like at Christmas time, I got these electric salt and pepper grinders. You guys know what those are, right? Oh, yeah. I've got one. Like you just push the button on the top or just turn it over or whatever. Yeah, mine's a turnover one. And it grinds your pepper for you. Well, it doesn't really work. And I've had it sitting on my counter for a long time because I just haven't thrown it away yet well I was organizing today because my house is so cluttered and I threw it away but when I threw it away it landed in the very bottom of the trash can and started going off <laughs> started working mm-hmm. sure that's so, your pepper grinder <laughs> so my trash is vibrating <laughs> in the bottom of my trash bag and I had to take it out to the dumpster because it was full. My trash bag was full. When I dumped it in there, it oh fell to the bottom, but the God. trash was full. So, like, I couldn't even try to get it out. So, yeah, people are going to think I'm throwing away very bad, bad stuff. <laughs> why do you good, think? Good, why do you stuff? Stuff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was down there saying, I'll work, I'll work. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being a moody bitch. Please, give me another chance. <laughs> I just feel bad for the person that dumpster dives and is like, oh my God, it's a vibrator. And then they get there and it's like salt and pepper shakers. And it's they're like, like, damn it. This I'm wasn't gonna, what I thought at all. I can just hear some some teenagers that, you know, walking at night and they're walking alongside the dumpster and they're like, oh my God, there's something in the trash. What is it? But it made me think, you know, there was one of the jobs that I no longer have and one of the employees that I really didn't like that much she had one of those um, electric uh, sweater shavers. Mm -hmm. And there was one time that she wasn't there. And I don't know how it happened, but the electric sweater shaver turned on. So she wasn't at her desk, but her desk was vibrating. <laughs> and it's like... She had it at work? <laughs> yeah, she had it at work so she could shave her sweater at work. And she's not That's there. Dedication. And it's like, it was like this office that had like four or five people in it oh sitting God. at their desk. And her desk is just vibrating. And how do you, like, what do you draw straws to see who goes and checks and sees what it, what's in her like, drawer? Uh, should we open that drawer? So uh, it's I'm not going to open it. You open it. Everybody <laughs> pretends to be hard of hearing that day in the office. I don't hear nothing. Everybody's what? wearing their ear pods that day. <laughs> oh my God. So one time when Dylan was little, he had this car that it was a British car. And I say that because the voice was British. 
Oh, okay. It was, so it talked. It was um like a British. Car. It was like some it would go right door open, left door open. You know, it was one of those little where you would when you open the door it would make the noise. Okay. And kind of like a real car. You push the button, <laughs> you push the button by the gas and it would go bloop. Mhm. Gas tank full or whatever. And after a while, I guess this is what happened, but it's the middle of the night. And all of a sudden I hear this right door open. <laughs> so I'm like, what the hell is that? Is there somebody in the house? And of course, Ron was always gone. I was totally freaking out over this noise because I couldn't hear exactly what it was saying, but it sounded really like creepy. The batteries, I guess, just flipped out because they were probably dying yeah that happens but I, when they're dying but, but why would it just go off by itself it was so creepy i have this theory about children's toys especially the younger the kids are because some of those toys they are meant to go off just by like vibrations uh, so it would be the middle of the night we'd be heading the bed and just our our feet on the floor and like all the lights would be off we're going to bed and then you'd hear Holly says isn't it and I'm like what the fuck what is that <laughs> stupid fucking kids toys scaring the shit out of me I still like the thought of those teenagers walking past the dumpster though for some reason <laughs> <laughs> my the favorite toy malfunction was uh, in our Dungeons and Dragons group and we did white elephant Christmas presents oh yes Oliver Barney talking Barney doll yep Oh, no. talking and we gave it to a couple of big dogs one one of ours and one that was visiting as a christmas present and those dogs just ripped barney limb from limb but as the whole time he was talking as he dies i like to play with you give me another hug <laughs> i love you oh no <laughs> man that Take would that. have been the perfect see there are times when we wished that technology had had uh, worked a little sooner. Like if we could have had a phone camera during that time, that you would have had would a have video of that. But <laughs> I'm the slaughter in my head. The now. slaughter of Barney. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> well, you I'd know, read that book. Well, you know, a lot of the classic kids books and stuff have gone into the public domain now so cinderella for example they're i think it's cinderella or sleeping beauty one of the two they're they're doing horror movies based on those stories now they did a winnie the pooh that's what i was just gonna say winnie the pooh in a horror movie yeah we talked about that at one of our live events (laughs) i mean what other what other character can let you run around with no bottoms that's very true Easy access. a red top. <laughs> no pants. I always find it really weird when animals wear clothes anyway. Well, they never completely wear an ensemble. Like, they either have a top or they have a bottom, but yeah, nobody will wear both. If That's you think about it, up. yeah, Mickey Mouse has pants, but mm-hmm. Donald Duck has a shirt. Yep. Together, they'd make a whole boy. But the girls <laughs> always have dresses with underwear what the hell? Yeah, but Minnie didn't have a top for a long time, and that was just scandalous. What? 
I don't remember. I always thought Minnie had that one dress with the puffy sleeves. She used to just wear a skirt, though. Like, way really? back at, like, Steamboat Willie and stuff. I'm almost oh, certain. Damn. She just wore a skirt, like a frilly skirt. I hope she... I think she had underwear. Yeah. But I guess they figured mice don't... Well, I don't know. know if Daisy had underwear or not. I'm trying to think if her if her tail stuck out the back of her dress or not. I know Minnie had bloomers. See, now I want to do an Now we need to look that shit up, seriously. (laughs) We're trying to think of it, and we're just sitting here. We both... Goofy Goofy wore a shirt and pants. Goofy Uh, was fully dressed. Yeah, you didn't want to get into it with Goofy. Goofy's my boy. See? Minnie Mouse just had a polka dotted skirt. I guess she did, but she did have bloomers. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes, she did. And high those heels. Big shoes. And a hat, because yeah. those are important. You gotta have a hat. You don't really yeah, see, need a I guess top, but Daisy you gotta have a hat. Had, Daisy only had a shirt. And a bow. Oh, sheesh. Daisy. I thought Daisy had more of a dress than that, but wow, her whole bottom is just out there. Well, I mean, to be fair, her feathers are kind of like fluffed at the end, so it looks like a dress. Yeah. I would really kind of like to see a horror Cinderella or a horror, horror Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be cool. I mean, they've been writing those books for a long time. I read them like every yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the one, the one that you, the one that you read, um, the Alice in Wonderland one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was good. I read that too. Uh-huh. Me too. Yeah, it was awesome. Can't remember the name of that author, but she's. I've read like three of her books, and they've just. I read that one Dark. about uh, Red Riding Hood. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Just not too I like long that ago. One yep. too. Seriously dark. They're so dark. So dark and twisted. I've read really smutty versions of <laughs> Right? <laughs> of all those things. No. Really? I'm waiting for I'm somebody so to surprise. Ma- I know, right? <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to write like a reverse harem about Snow White and her seven dwarfs. <laughs> so reverse harem is when the girl gets all the guys. Yep. I kinda like that idea myself. Yeah. I mean, Sheesh. Like you get a pick and choose. <laughs> it's actually, they call it why choose. Why choose? Just have sex with all the dudes in the book. That's fine. I think I went to school with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of us, some of us liked a little variety in our life, in our early lives. <laughs> some of us didn't want to choose until later. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Was it Christina Henry? Yes. Oh, Is yeah. Is that the one? Yes. That? That's her name. Yeah. yeah. She writes really dark, yeah. really cool retellings. I like her a lot. She does. I mean, they're not smutty, so feel free to read them and not have to worry about the sex. But but they're dark and twisted. I'm yeah. telling Bonnie doesn't you. mind the sex, though. Nah, I don't mind the sex. She doesn't mind that. I was that. just telling anybody else who's listening, because I'm sitting here saying, I read them, and they're probably like, oh, then they're full of smut. But no, mm. not these ones. I don't mind the smut. I just don't like the romance. Does that make uh, any sense at all? It makes sense. It it makes me sad for you. Oh, I know. <laughs> she wrote one called Looking Glass. Yep. Looking Glass. I, that sounds the fun covers enough. to her books are so fucked up. They I love are them. really creepy. They're, I feel like there's always like eyes that are practically like blacked out. Yeah, I wonder what happened to her in her childhood. <laughs> kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> she must have had a fucked up childhood. And she took it to the bank. Yeah, baby. that's right. Take that shit to the bank. Where were we? What were we talking about? We were talking about dark fairy tales and Winnie the Pooh doing terrible things and 
Where do we go from there? <laughs> <laughs> That's Bonnie, the... do you have any weird sex and uh, scary? Like, no, Winnie listen, the just because I'm not doing a historical fiction doesn't mean that I'm not doing one that's going to make you cry. Oh, oh man. great. Because, oh, I mean, why would I not read something that's going to rip your heart out? That's incredibly sad. That's pretty, pretty, pretty sad. Yeah. Well, this is actually a nonfiction book. It's autobiographic. It's called When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. And like I said, this is an autobiography and it is about Paul, who is 36, just completed a decade's worth of training to become a neurosurgeon and is diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And this book is basically about him coming with terms with being the doctor who treats patients and the doctor who becomes the patient. It's a very interesting look at how cancer patients are treated. And he's actually treated a little bit better because, you know, he understands what's going on more than the just average person. Like I said, he's only 36, so he's married. He doesn't have kids. Um, Him and his wife decide when he very first is diagnosed before his chemo treatments start to freeze his sperm because at the time they don't know what his diagnosis is going to be, if he's going to go into remission or what's going to happen. But after you have chemo, you know, it's so hard on your body that it's better to have sperm pre-chemo than after chemo. Right. He, you know, continues to treat patients and do his residency and everything else while getting chemotherapy and it's just a real struggle for him because i mean if anyone knows anyone who's had cancer and has had chemo and radiation it's so hard on your body and it takes so much out of you and when you're a resident you're working 10 12 hour days 14 hour days so he was just pretty much exhausted all the time there was a little bit of a strain on the marriage because of his medical diagnosis and working so much but they kind of work through it and I don't know how much to tell about this book because it's not an autobiography so it's actually his life and I thought it was pretty interesting just because you get that look you get like that in-depth look at somebody's life who's going through something like this. And he doesn't leave stuff out. He keeps it pretty true, even the bad stuff. It was a really good read. It was not a super long book. I want to say it was only seven hours. That's pretty short. I read it in one day or listened to it, whatever you want to call it, in one day. You think you have things going on in your life until you read a book like this and you're like, shit. I'm a terrible person. I suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm bitching because, you know, I have to go to the grocery store right after work. And this poor guy has to go to chemo after his 14 hour day at work. I mean, but it's very well written, even though it's an autobiography and it doesn't move extremely fast. Mm. It still keeps you engaged in the story because you want to find out. You want to find out if he beats it. You want to find out. If they ever have a kid because they froze his sperm or you just want to find out what happens to this poor guy. But yeah, it was 
an extremely good read. I would recommend it. It's sad, but no animals die. Yay! <laughs> so there's a plus. It's sad, but no animals I die, so know. it's fine. A human is an animal. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's it's great. And that again is When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. And it's, I mean, if you want something that's not extremely long and is pretty emotionally entangled, pick it up. It's that's great. a good word emotionally entangled <laughs> that sounds complicated <laughs> well there's a little complication i mean cancer is complicated mm. accurate hmm. keith god it feels so good to have you sitting right next to me okay no boob punching uh, i promise that's why vonnie didn't want to sit by you by the way because <laughs> <laughs> i do tend to get a little bit wild with my gestures <laughs> Okay, I'm bringing the room up because no, no death in my book. Yay! <laughs> Wait. Yay. No, scratch that. I'm bringing the room up. There is no cancer in my book. Yay! Yay! No cancer! <laughs> so the book I'm reviewing is called Role Playing by Kathy Yardley. And, and I'm sure she doesn't mean Dungeons and Dragons, right? What? No, that's why I love this. I mean, it's not Dungeons and Dragons specific, but... Is it the furry convention that's happening in Oklahoma City this weekend? It is not a furry convention. Okay. (laughs) I guess we'll just shut up and let you review your damn book. Well, I really love this for a number of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is because it's about this woman who is this grumpy 48-year-old hermit and hello, right, Vonnie? It's like Bonnie you just, and me, dude. just raised her hand. That's how I was. Do you know how very rarely there's a romance written about somebody like in their late 40s? I mean, that hardly ever happens. That's cool. And not only that, I, I mean, she's this like unapologetic Gen Xer who it's called role playing because she is in this online gaming league i mean she is a big time online uh larper and so she is divorced and her son has just left for college and he goes to college away so she is a new empty nester and she's kind of coming to terms with that but she's not super sad about it because she really likes being by herself but when she lives in this tiny town which she is not real fond of her ex-husband moved her here because he wanted to live in this small town. But, you know, small towns, everybody knows what everybody's doing. Everybody's up in your business. So when her son leaves, everybody's trying to help her be more social and inviting her to, I mean, not cool book clubs like what we would have, but weird book clubs where they read bizarre books that she doesn't really care about. And so she just gets invited to do all this stuff with people she doesn't really like. And her son is worried about her and she's worried about her son because he's at this new university, hasn't really made any friends. So they make this kind of uh, pact and he says, for every social thing you do, I will do one. So then she's like kind of forced to go to parties where they watch college football games and crap like that. But then she figures out she loves playing online games And somebody tells her about how there's this local online guild that she can join. So she says, oh, you know, give them my contact information. And the woman who tells her about it is like this 80-year-old woman. (laughs) So 
it's just funny. That's because, unexpected. Right? Well, I think it, it's, and I can't remember exactly, but I think it's her son that might be in charge of it. And he's 50. And so this man who is in charge of the online guild is 50. And he is this really optimistic kind of guy. And he has never been married. And when she joins this online guild, she kind of assumes everybody that's in it is in their 20s and goes to the community college. And because this older person gives him her contact information, he assumes that Maggie, our main character, is like in her 70s or 80s. So they kind of kick up a conversation, text each other a lot. But the whole time, Maggie thinks Aiden is 20-something. And she's in her late 40s. And he thinks she's like this octogenarian. (laughs) So the first time they meet, they're like, no, 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 no. You're not who you're saying you are because that person's 80. And she and he's like, "Um, aren't you supposed to be 20? Like, but it's this really great story because they become friends based on just weird stuff like the the kind of games they play and the weird missions they go on in their game and stuff and it kind of brings about a new way to be social because I know I'm this insane introvert but I don't have any problems like doing zoom calls with you guys about books and stuff but it's just this really people don't realize that you can be social nowadays in different ways so this is this perfect way for them to make friendships which don't involve them having to leave their house It really is this friendship slash romance book that kind of embraces the way life is now because there's a new normal for a lot of people. And I mean, 48, 49, 50, like people in their middle age are completely different than what we saw 50 years ago when people were middle aged. And I think sometimes like books just kind of forget about that. They don't often move with the times like that so to read a romance between these people who are like in their late 40s early 50s who are online gaming together was hysterical and fun and not only is there that but there's a whole lot of talk about just finding yourself and being your own person and not being what society expects you to be because they're in this small town so I mean she's expected to go to book club and to like make church potluck dinners and that's not who she is so (coughs) she finds this new normal to go with where she's at in her life and just there's so much hysterical-ness about it because she's just super grumpy and she hates leaving her house and I was like oh hi I have found my person like you and I could be best (laughs) friends yes I will be super snarky and never say anything nice to you that's cool that's me this was just a lot of fun. And if you are sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm an introverted person that just likes to talk about books, then this is a great book for you. So yeah, it was really good. It was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And that was called Role Playing by Kathy Yardley. I love it when they take an unconventional Mm. couple and do a story about them. Me too, yeah. It's so different. I mean, there's a lot of cookie cutter stuff, which I mean, obviously I love because I keep going back to it, but it's really fun when you find something that's totally not what you would expect based on all the other stuff that's out there. Cool. 
I guess now we need to get our Shame. regularly scheduled historical fiction that would have been at the beginning. But Pat has assumed the role, assumed the position today for our historical fiction entry. We're so good about stepping up <laughs> or getting down on all well, fours. <laughs> I didn't even really think about it until I had ordered this. I got this book through Chirp, which is a discount audiobook service. And every now and again, I mean, they send you an email every day and you can't possibly keep up with all the deals. But I opened one one day. It was like, I need another audiobook. And lo and behold, there was just the description of what sounded like a pretty interesting story. And I didn't even think about it being historical fiction. I just thought, sounds like an interesting, intriguing story. So I downloaded The Daughter's Tale by Armando Lucas Correa. This story starts out in contemporary times, and an elderly woman named Elise Duval has a knock at her door, and someone has arrived, someone she doesn't know, uh, a woman and her daughter, and they have a packet of letters that they say these were found, somehow came into their possession from a relative in Cuba, and she said, we think they're yours, and Elise opens these letters and looks at them and boom, the next thing you know, she's in the hospital recovering from what we assume is a heart attack. Holy crap. Yeah. Whatever she read was of such import and such enormity to her that she, she barely survived reading them. And then we go back in time to world war two to Germany and a couple uh, named Amanda and Julia Sternberg He's a doctor. She owns a bookstore and the bookstore becomes one of the victims of Kristallnacht. Actually, I'm not sure that it was Kristallnacht itself, but around that time, because I think it was actually a daytime event. But they described the bookstore being ransacked and all the books burned. Julius and Amanda have two little daughters who are about ages two and four at this time, Lena and Vera and Julius Shortly after the burning of the books, Julius disappears and she gets word that he has been taken off to some kind of detention camp, not a full-blown concentration camp, but he is being held because he's Jewish. And she gets a message through a third party that has tickets on a boat from Germany to Cuba. And Julius says, I've made these plans to get our daughters out of here. And by this point, you gather through things that the contacts say that there's a good chance that Julius is dead, that this was his dying wish was that they get the daughters out. And Amanda takes them to the boat. And at the last minute, she's terrified to leave these two girls because there are no tickets for her. It's just the two little girls. And she's terrified to leave little girls that young on their own on a boat. And she finds another woman waiting in the crowd to get on and asks her to look out for them And the woman says she will, but I mean, this is a total stranger. She doesn't know who she's leaving them with. And at the last minute, she decides she can't risk them both. And so she keeps the younger girl, the two-year-old with her and sends the four-year-old with this stranger on the boat Uh to Cuba. And from there on, we follow what happens to Lena, the little girl. And there's a flight into France. They're taken in by a relative of a friend. And this woman becomes almost a second daughter or a second mother to little Lena. 
But eventually things catch up with them. The Nazis come even to this little town in back country France. And all this while, Amanda is writing letters. She sends about one a year to some address that she has in Cuba, you know, looking for her daughter, hoping that her daughter will get these letters. But no answer ever comes back. Amanda is a tragic heroine who goes through almost unspeakable things in order to protect her daughter and give her a chance to escape the Nazis before it's too late. And I won't, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, so I will not tell you what all transpires that way or how it is that Lena finally, after, after they arrive in France, Lena's name is changed to Elise to make her fit mm -hmm. in better, to make her less obviously a Jewish refugee because she, for a while there, she's able to go to school in the local village and that sort of thing. So how Lena escapes and becomes Elise in New York all those years later, what was in those letters that makes her suffer a heart attack, it's well done. And it's also, it says based on a true story. I don't know how much of this story is true, but I know one part, the most tragic part is a true story of an atrocity afflicted by a squad of Nazis on a small village in France. So yeah, there's there's truth and traumatic truth for those of you looking for genuine World War II trauma porn. You will find it in this book. Pretty well written. Every now and again, it'll seem a little formulaic. You can predict what's gonna happen. But for the most part, he makes the characters very believable and succeeds in making you emotionally invested in them. So that is The Daughter's Tale by Armando Lucas Correa. Cool. It totally sounds like a Vani book. <laughs> yeah, I've read yeah. Oh, I've yeah. read some about refugees that went to Cuba. I can't remember what the well, name he, of it. He yeah. wrote another book because I, I checked our list before I plunged into this to make sure nobody had done it before and we hadn't but Vani you did another book by this same author called The German Girl yeah I mm. think that's what the one that they were refugees that went to Cuba uh, mm. and they actually she was a Jewish girl but because she was blonde and blue eyed they actually took her picture and oh, put wow. her on the cover of a Nazi magazine one month oh that's right I wow. remember that yeah. one he is a Cuban author so he probably yeah. has a clear connection there when I looked up some info about the book, the idea of the boat that went from Germany to Cuba with refugees and the mm. fact that very few of them were let off in Cuba. Yeah. Only, they only accepted a few and the rest had to stay on the boat. Everybody turned them away and a lot of them ended up back in Germany and died because of it. Yeah, including America. They tried to, they, yeah. there was German refugees that tried to take refuge in America and we turned them away too, so... Just saying, we were kind of assholes back then too, hmm. not just now. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say assholes back then. And I, then you said two and I was like, okay, I don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to step up here. All right. Well, I'm going right to the frivolous and the Yay. strange. Yay. I know you guys look forward to my weird reviews. So this one is particularly good. And I'm going to give you the front story. Now, as you know, I've been going on and on and on about being excited to meet John Scalzi, who is one of the guests at SoonerCon. Well, I got to meet him yesterday. Cool. But I had planned in advance to review one of his books this weekend, just in honor of him being here. I, I've actually read several in the last 
couple of weeks. Um, I, I picked up a couple that are on Audible, and a short story of his that's on Audible was really good. It was kind of short, though, and as you know, I'm not really a fan of reviewing short stuff. So I grabbed on Audible The Android's Dream by John Scalzi. And if there was any question whether this book was for me, the answer immediately came at the very beginning of the book when a diplomat is planning to cause an intergalactic incident by farting. I know it sounds absolutely bizarre, but what he does is he has this thing implanted in his colon because this particular species is, I know it's hilarious. This particular species of alien is very sensitive to smells and they have a whole language in smells. So he, he farts during the meetings so badly that the guy absolutely after about an hour or so of these insults explodes and literally anyway explodes? yes well okay. no he, he there is literally a death that happens of the leader of the aliens and the guy who was doing all the farting dies of a heart attack from or something from from laughing so hard because <laughs> his plan worked <laughs> So that's how it starts. And you know, after that, I'm totally hooked because I love this kind of stuff. So the main character that is a part of this story is a diplomat. He works for Earth's State Department and he is sent to protect. Well, first of all, let me explain that in order to help out an alien race he's sent to find this genetically engineered sheep okay the the sheep was part of a ritual to crown the prime minister or king or whatever you want to call it the of the aliens in question and somebody has killed off all of their sheep of that type on their planet but i guess there was some dude on earth who was growing them but all of his have been wiped out so as a result the clan that was in charge of the alien race in question and don't ask me to tell you who what the freaking <laughs> name of the aliens is because i'm never good at that the earth state department is asked to see if there's an, any of these sheep left well they find one but they don't know where the sheep is until they realize that there's a girl who has this DNA as junk DNA. So it's the DNA for the sheep is actually in a human woman. So the aliens are demanding that she be presented to them so they can have this ritual. Well, of course, you know how well that goes over. Not very well. And Harry Creek, our hero, is sent to protect her. And basically the story takes place him rescuing her and her rescuing him and and they're trying to get killed all the time and they go through all of this crazy stuff i think what i like the best about this book is it was so complex in the political intrigue that was happening all around this woman and between the aliens 
it was almost like you could take the aliens and replace them with regular diplomats to get all this. He just did such a good job of setting out all of those structures and making it just feel effortless when you're reading about it. It also throws in a religious quest because there's a cult or religion called something something of the evolved sheep. Makes right? sense. So there's there's some kind of a thing with that as well. And there's also an artificial intelligence involved who just happens to be Harry's brother who died in this big battle years ago. Now, of course, it's in the future, so it's easy for them to uh, reconstruct when they get hurt or revive the personality of, you know, these. He does a really good job of integrating all of that information so it doesn't feel like an info dump and it doesn't feel like like it doesn't make any sense it feels like the whole thing is just so incredibly well plotted and well put together that the story is just delightful on top of that because it's got that snarky ridiculous tone to it that makes it so incredibly entertaining throughout the whole thing I think I'll probably go back and read it again. It's just one of those books that was so absolutely enjoyable to me that I'm going to absolutely love it. I actually saw it a while ago and was really interested in it because, as you know, I read Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? So, of course, I was intrigued immediately by the title because I loved that book. And I don't know. I think this is probably going to go on the the list of some of my all-time favorite books because it was so fun and so ridiculous, but yet so incredibly intricate. And it's hard to even explain, really. Honestly, though, if you like a good, fun science fiction ride, this is totally it. And John Scalzi himself was fucking delightful. (laughs) Such a nice guy. I got to hear all sorts of stories about how he got started in the business, which was interesting because he wrote Agent to the Stars, which I also loved. And he was telling me that it was sort of a crapshoot what he was going to end up writing. And the story that he ended up writing ended up sort of setting the tone for his entire career. And it was Agent to the Stars because he was working in the entertainment industry right about that time. He was a critic. And... So it was really interesting. I mean, the guy is fantastic. I'm going back because, unfortunately, SoonerCon had a bit of a a miscommunication because John thought that they were going to have a bookseller there. So, of course, he didn't bring any books with him. He didn't bring anything with him. So when I went up to his table, there was nothing on the table. It was just him sitting there by himself. I had to work all day yesterday, so I I did my remote from SoonerCon And then I had to take the equipment back and then I came back over because it was clear over in Norman. So I didn't have time to go and get a book because I always listen to audiobooks. I don't usually keep a hard copy. But of course, I wanted to have a signature. So I'm, as a result, going back tomorrow to have him actually sign a book because the only thing I had in my purse was a business card. So I got his signature (laughs) on a business card because that's all I had. So anyway, long story short, if you want a really fun book, 
by a really down-to-earth, fantastic author. We've known for a while that he is because I've reviewed many of his books on this program. But this particular one is called The Android's Dream by John Scalzi. I like that cover. Yeah, I talked about his uh, book Locked In just a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, you did. Locked yeah. In. Locked In. Which is... Which is not so much funny. It's a detective one, mm-hmm. and you get occasional lines, but he's pretty versatile. He, he is. He does so many different things, and his next book is called The Starter Villain, I think. But he's going to read an excerpt from it tomorrow at SoonerCon. Nice. So I'm really kind of hoping I can get over there, and I'll get to hear a little bit of the story from his own voice. And he also talked about why he chose Will Wheaton as his narrator. Or because actually, Will Wheaton kicks ass. Well, actually, he got Will Wheaton started in audiobooks because he requested that Will Wheaton do his audio. Nice. And it's got a picture of a cat on the cover, which <laughs> I'm super intrigued. I want to know what that's all about. A cat in a suit yeah. and tie. Yep. And he does have a cat, too. I watch him on Twitter all the time. He's going to think I'm a stalker. <laughs> but I'm totally not. John, I'm happily married. I know he's, he talked about his lovely wife quite a bit. He probably thought I was some weird fan. I was going to try to throw myself at him. <laughs> Which I was totally not. But I'm um, not sure you were. No, I really wasn't. <laughs> so that's that. It was really kind of exciting to finally actually meet an author that I really like being at a convention like that because usually it's kind of like oh yeah I read the book because they were going to be there type situation but with him I've actually read many of his books and reviewed several and I think he's fucking awesome so John I hope you listen to this and blah 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 hi John (laughs) (laughs) I gave him our card so who knows maybe he'll pass that information along to others to tell them how fucking cool we are. <laughs> now we're back to the uh, bu- the buzzing mascara. the buzzing trash can. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard when I'm thinking about somebody accidentally walking by Bonnie's dumpster. <laughs> I very much want to picture it in my head. <laughs> what would really be hilarious if the long guy show up to uh, mow my lawn today? <laughs> uh. <laughs> They'll probably go home and tell their tell her spouse you know that lady that we mow the lawn for over there man i think she's a freak <laughs> I, I heard some buzzing from her trash can i think she threw out one of her old vibrators maybe they'll just assume it's an ova depositor oh an ova ovipositor ovipositor Do those excuse vibrate? me does it vibrate keith do you uh, know did you get one you know i don't know no does because that's rrr. because i just could not stomach the thought of the gelatin eggs like bleh. oh god yeah i remember we talked about that thing with the gelatin eggs yeah you know aliens are fine and everything i like reading about them but i don't want to fuck them i have zero no. interest in that i don't know you haven't seen them Ugh. i mean well, i'm open-minded some about aliens <laughs> okay yeah. you know if i was presented with the situation I don't know that I want eggs laid in me. Yeah, yeah. that's so gross. I mean, it depends. Is this alien buying me dinner first? <laughs> and is he, is he good is in he bed? Is he getting you pizza or is he getting you lobster? Exactly. Because, I mean, come on, people. Yeah. <laughs> Takes well, more than some pizza. Well, you know he has his own ride if you're meeting an alien. I know. He has a car. 
Right. I'm I'm on board mm-hmm. with that. It's got a place Literally to live. on board. And we've turned into 15-year-old boys. <laughs> we pretty much do that every week, though, don't we? True. <laughs> we can't help it. And is the alien gonna be gonna be nice to my dog? Because that's a big part of it. Or is he gonna like my dog? You don't like me. (laughs) Well, there's also an watch out for aliens. They will eat your dog. Yeah, there's also an alien in this particular book that he's he's a thug that goes around with with the other thug guys. But his shtick is he can open up his body and eat you. You can kind of picture it, like he just sort think of that's the shtick. That's it's just like, like a, a frightening. Hug no, but mouth. he uses it as torture, though. So, so he kind of like goes along as the ever. Yeah, he goes along as the guy who can, you know, if you don't pay your bills, he'll eat you. I'm gonna wrap you up in my mouth. <laughs> Wait, that sounds like sexual. He, oh, that does sound sexual. So he, <laughs> now we're back to the dating part of the uh, aliens. Again. Hey, you want to buy a watch? Yeah, I got one in my overcoat. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those fish with the little light on the front. Ooh, that looks tasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep Echo away from that dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would. I would trust that because you never know what kind of weird shit they eat on their planet. They might consider that a snack. Right. They might raise dogs and cats as livestock make burgers out of them oh now you're freaking vani out she's over there i mean we're talking about aliens i don't really think an alien's gonna show up in my backyard and eat my dog no 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 see you can't put that out in the universe because then i feel like it's more likely to happen don't be like no that would never happen because then tomorrow you never know who's some some alien somewhere is going like oh yeah 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 Let's go. Let's go land in Vonnie's backyard. What we know dog all do about you have? <laughs> well, Echo's obviously vanilla, right? That's exactly <laughs> the right. other white meat. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Poor Echo. <sighs> Just because she's white doesn't mean she's vanilla. She might be very spicy. Poor tasty Echo. <laughs> Well, she has little black spots. Might be like that mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's, that's it. I think she's cookies, she's cookies and cream. And cream. She's cookies she's and cream. She's got black spots. That's my favorite kind. Oh no. Jeez. Oh dear. Now we've got. Is, there's something fundamentally wrong about it being white. It should be green. What? Uh, mint oh, cho- the yeah. mint chocolate chip. Oh yeah. Ice cream. Honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just just psychologically, I'm much. Why is that? I mean, green mint. Well, I guess it could mint be peppermint. Green. We could do peppermint. She's she's kind of red skinned yeah. with white fur, just yeah. not green anywhere. No, no. How many people no. thought when they woke up woke up today they'd be talking about like what flavor their dog is of ice cream? Not me. Well, if they prefer chocolate, I'll send them your way for your dog. Well, if if <laughs> my Chloe. dog if my dog were ice cream, she would be black licorice or dark chocolate. Mm, she's kind of yeah, brown. She in has kind of, yeah, especially when brown. the sun shines on her, she looks a little brown. So maybe dark chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I my cat. None of your dog. Well, I guess they'd have to be ginger. Yes, <laughs> no. they would all have to be ginger. Ginger. Yeah. Be ginger. <laughs> What about you? What would you maybe strawberry be? swirl? I have a marmalade, and I have um, I don't know black cat who I guess would be 
She's got a white spot. What? So let's see. It would be some Maybe weird. a fudge swirl. Yeah, yeah. fudge swirl. Fudge That's swirl. nice. Yeah. And then yeah. I have like a yeah. tabby. She's just. Rocky Road, maybe. Rocky Road. Yeah, yeah that sounds Ooh, good. God damn. We have to go to Brahms and get some <laughs> ice cream now. Dude, I need to convince Adam to let me go to Brahms another time because yeah. I just keep seeing the Brahms. I mean, I made him take me once already. Oh. But well, he only had a soda. Like, he didn't have any ice cream. So What the hell is wrong with him? I don't know. He's weird. You need to have his head examined. <laughs> they have really good milkshakes, just saying. That's exactly why I went, because it's the only place that they actually put ice cream and milk and then make your, like, milkshake. I used to work at Brahms, like, one of my second, one of my many second jobs when I was younger was working at Brahms, and I would make those. But man, let me tell you what, after you scoop ice cream all day, your hands hurt. Well, you know, you could get carpal tunnel from fun things, too. Yeah, not just scooping right. ice cream. <laughs> oh, my God. There was nothing. Which that that was when I was married, so there, there was nothing fun going on. <laughs> At least when you were done, you could, like, put it against the ice cream and, like, oh. That feels good. Yeah. <laughs> ice put it on the, on the hot steering wheel. That's what I used to do. The With. OG, baby. OG? What does OG mean? Original gangster. Oh. Yeah, I'm you, old. You and Vonnie are OGs. How about GOAT? I know what that means. <laughs> What's that mean? Greatest of all time. Oh. We're the GOAT. Okay, no. But then that means what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true because you're right here. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to no. say what? Keith's like old cheese? No, we're what all we the GOAT. Here? We're all the GOAT. <laughs> OG. I, I did not know what that meant. Yeah, that's what people say when, like, they were the the original people. Oh. I mean. I'm a dumbass. You're not actually. Know. No, I have kids. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, see, I've heard it, but I thought it meant old guard. <laughs> hey, well, old that guard works actually too. works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take yeah. that one because I was never kind a gangster. Kind of the same meaning, but original gangster is probably much cooler. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, 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 no, looks like a little pornographic. I mean, what the holy hell? Remember how we were talking about clothes? That gnome has no clothes on. That's a naked gnome. That's a totally naked gnome. Put we we need to put that on. We'll put we'll put a picture up on the Facebook um, on the Facebook squad page of this gnome because it fits into the same category of the cartoon characters we were talking about previously that have no pants but gnomes are kind of kind of people well yeah, that's besides they have that long beard to cover things well this one this has, one has long just braids. a long braided mustache oh. it's a female gnome it ha- has well, um, long braids and it's naked it's a shaved gnome maybe it had body lice Ooh, either that or it had a kinky boyfriend it is not like um maybe it has al- alopecia and that's a wig <laughs> <laughs> he has like a rosebud hat which makes me just think i think it's a girl things. it makes she, me think sexual things too she's binary non-binary 
She has. It's a gnome coming out of a vulva. It's a giving oh. birth. Oh giving my birth God. to a gnome. With you definitely hair. have to see this. So be sure to check out the squad <laughs> I page. I just don't understand why then give that gnome pain you know, on Facebook. Is, I think it's the conversations we have uh, that have has screwed up my on. algorithm. I've noticed Facebook lately has, has been trying to get me to click on articles about the history of Merkins, which are ha! cubic wigs. I got the same one. <laughs> I think it it is affecting our algorithm. Well, everybody Facebook should know their history. Conversation. The history the of the Merkin. Yeah. I actually read that article and the reason that they shaved the, the the actors shaved their pubic hair because they were getting lice in well, their pubic hair. No, you mean crabs. The hookers, the crabs, excuse me. And so, honestly, yeah. if we don't know the history of Merkins, we are doomed to repeat Merkins. <laughs> I think they still. <laughs> if yeah. you don't want to be wearing Merkins, then learn about why they even came to exist. Yeah, I don't understand why this gnome has shoes but no pants. When you're trying to cover your fupa with a Merkin, your fupa, isn't yeah. that what it's called? Your fupa. It is called a fupa. I don't God remember. Damn, what I learn something new <laughs> every day on this for? program. I don't know. It's. I oh, see now we gotta look up other shit, and now my. Algorithm's going to be really screwed up. Now we're going to get ads for Merkins for gnomes. Merkins <laughs> for fupas. Fatty, Fatty upper, upper pubic area. area. Oh my God. <laughs> the we upper... could like make, a, make yeah. a commercial for it. When you're trying to cover your fupa, think Merkin. It's, it's mostly women who have C-sections because then... Like your fat is unevenly distributed yeah, I and have, it hangs over your skull. Well, mine doesn't hang over, but it is poochy right there. Well, yours doesn't hang over because you're like skinny. But no. <laughs> we're talking about Why that do you sound people. Upset about it? You don't want one. Like mine is like, Bleh. it's like its own zip code. It's its own personality. <laughs> it's own zip code. My poop is like, hi. How are you? I had. A- I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I had a vertical C-section, so I have the hanging on both sides. Oh, wow. So I have like... Your pussy the, fupa? <laughs> we need to is, come up with a name for the that. The snakes have like the, uh, what, the split tongues? Would no. you call that? I have a split fork tongue. tongue. I have a forked fupa. <laughs> oh my God. And I think we're done. And that's going to do it for... Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.